Dear listeners, and thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Are You Really Living podcast. Our special guest for today's episode is none other than Beatrice Longchamp. Ms. Longchamp is not only a prominent television host for a highly regarded program in sunny South Florida, but she is also a dedicated educator. Above all, her most cherished role is that of a loving mother to her beautiful daughter. Without further ado, let's extend a warm welcome to our host, Mr. Enrio Longchamp, and our esteemed guest, Beatrice Longchamp. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Are You Really Living? We have the wonderful guest by the name of Beatrice Longchamp. Yes, she is my cousin. She is a mother. She's a TV host and also a soccer mom. So uh, it's going to be a great episode. I've been looking forward to speak with my cousin for a long time. So welcome, B. How are you? Hi. Oh, my God. What an introduction. You make me sound like, you know, a long distant cousin. No, 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 not at all. It's just, you know, you've been busy. That's all. You have a lot going on. I, we all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, yes. Um, thank so, you for having me on your show. This is an honor. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I've been watching you. Uh, you inspire me, you know, by your show. So that's why we're here today. Yeah, Ed, Ed is doing an awesome job. He's been doing the show for quite some time now. He started off doing it um not even on youtube just recording and then from there he transitioned into youtube and from youtube he transitioned to a live show from the live show transitioned into it being on island tv and he worked at a station new station right now and he's actually earned his first emmy so shout out to ed the creator and producer of sanctuary sanct tv shout out ed I didn't even know that. That's that, that. I mean, that's the definition of you know started from the bottom and also yeah. all you're really living. He's living his dream. Absolutely. So let's talk about your journey from being a teacher to becoming a TV host, a TV host for an entertainment TV show. What inspired you to do those? Wow. So the crazy thing is, for a long time, I wanted to be a journalist. And I actually went, my undergrad at University of Miami was in broadcast journalism. And well, I was in communication, broadcast journalism, and a double major in English literature. So uh, my parents weren't too pleased with that. Originally, I went to school to, I was a theater major because I always wanted to do something in entertainment. They weren't pleased with that either. So I was like, oh, great. But the crazy thing is, one of my late uncles or our uncle, he used to do journalism. And um, I remember in elementary school when I used to do the news over the announcement and he got wind of it and he actually mentioned it to me, like how, you know, keep going. Like that's something that is, you know, needed. It's necessary in our community, especially, you, you know, having an objective viewpoint on stories and not being biased. But in my household, that wasn't that wasn't something that they wanted me to get into it wasn't really they didn't push me to do that they wanted me to go a different route and of course I did want their approval so I did for a little bit transition into something else however it never left it never left my side so upon um right before graduation I interned with a local news station and I had one of the best person um who mentored me and she basically gave me the ins and out because I, I was more interested in hard news. And uh, after going there for quite some time and seeing how stories are pitched 
and seeing behind the scenes because everything looks glamorous in front of the camera. But when you go behind the scenes and see how things are actually done, listen, it, you might want to take a double take on what you're going to do. That's why I encourage people to, to intern and get a feel for what it is that they want to do prior to actually diving in deep. Uh, to make a long story longer, um, I did not like the way hard news was done. I did not like the process. And I did not want to go home with a heavy heart um, with the type of topics that we discuss with hard news. So that's how I ended up transitioning into entertainment, more soft news. And I ended up meeting Ed and the rest is history. I was doing the show. Let me see. I started the show, can't, I think, back in 2011. No, no, my daughter's. Okay. About two, 2012. She wasn't even one yet. So 2012, I started um, doing the show, 2012, 2013. And um, it's been fun. It's been a lot of work. Um, the people on the show have been amazing. The stories and the experiences and the moments, um, a lot of them are unforgettable. We had a lot of fun. We grew together We are in our personal lives. There's been a lot of progress. It's just been a great journey thus far. So I transitioned into education, which is, which is, it, it, it's kind of parallel because in education, you still, you do, you utilize a lot of skills that you utilize within um, interviewing or um, journalism and education as well. You have to really get to know your audience in order to provide the lesson, in order for them to um, meet their objective and the standard. You kind of have to analyze what's going on, um, assess the situation, reflect on it, and then regroup and do it all over again. So there's a lot of attention to detail, of course, being an educator, building that rapport in order for the person that you're educating, which is parallel to the person that you are interviewing, once you build that the once you build that rapport, then you gain the trust of the student or the person that you're interviewing, the interviewee, and you'll see that they become more comfortable with being vulnerable. So in that sense, you're able to reach them more. So the journey has been amazing. It's very much so not is not easy. I would never say that. But when you're passionate about something, you don't allow it to to just dissipate. You continue to work at it until you master it. And you have. You have mastered it. If you could invite three famous people on a TV show as a guest, who would they be? Ah, be famous people question. Um, this one isn't difficult. Oh, so my mom passed away. If I could, I would invite her back on the show and have a conversation with her. Because we got a lot to talk about since she's been gone. She wasn't on so, the show before? No, she's never. You said if I can invite someone back? Uh, no, no, no. And and. No, moving forward, not back. Oh, but okay, anybody, okay, okay. So things. anyone, they yeah. don't have to, they didn't have to be a guest in the past. Correct, correct. Okay. So my mom, if I could bring her back, yeah, I would, meaning because she's no longer with us. That's when I say about being back. Okay. Um, I would have her on the show or do the people have to be alive? No, no, no. Oh, all right. <laughs> so my mom, <laughs> Um, let me see, the second person who I would like to talk to Ooh, I don't know. Well, I love anybody know me. They know I love, 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 love Lauren Hill. I would love to have a conversation with her. Um, pick her brain on certain things. And third one, if I can sit down and have a conversation with this person, ah, I don't know where the third person would be. Let me see. That's difficult. <laughs> so my mom, 
Lauren Hill. And who do I have questions? Barack. This is going to be crazy. I will ask you, oh, so it's a tie between Barack and Trump. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Okay. I like to, I don't know. I would, I would love to, well, if it would be an honest conversation, I would love to pick both of their brains. Yeah. Okay. All right. The top, the first two and Barack, I understand. (laughs) Uh, Perfect. Now, (laughs) in reference reference to your mom, you know, she was an amazing person. Thank you. What would you want to talk to her about? Ooh. So we have a lot of conversations that we didn't finish. And I mean, I do still like when I pray, I speak to her and sometimes I can feel her presence around me. Um, Sometimes, oddly enough, when she passed away, the day she passed away, um, one of my coworkers, she called me just randomly and um, we were speaking about you know, the passing of my mom and another coworker called me and was saying that, you know, be be alert, be aware that I might see my mom in different manners. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was at my uncle's house. He's the only one remaining on her side as a sibling. And he was just talking and out of nowhere, like this beautiful bird came out of nowhere, beautiful, colorful bird, like looked like it belonged in the tropical rainforest somewhere. It comes out of nowhere and just sits there. And I'm like, okay, birds. I'm like, this is awkward. All right. But you're beautiful. And then it flies away and then it comes around and it's like doing a little trick. I'm like, okay, this is not Jungle Island. Because usually you might, it's not odd to see a tropical bird in in South Florida, right? Because we are, you know, that kind of climate. But, and there hasn't been any tropical storm or anything. So why is this bird here out of the blue? Then um, from that day forward, I was like, hey, well, let me be more aware. Let me look, let me be more alert. And I kid you not, like I'm walking down the stairs at work and a bird comes and like hops down the steps with me. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, this is weird, but it continues to happen. So now like in my office at work, there's a branch and these, this bird like just sits on the branch and it just sits there at the window. I'm like, mm, all right, I guess. Um, So my conversation with her, which is your original question, my conversation with her would be more so a uh, uh, show of gratitude. Um, there's a lot of things that growing up Haitian American, I was born in America, but my parents obviously were born in Haiti. They didn't, they, they basically taught me um, and instilled in me such richness in my culture, appreciation and pride and, and values in so many parts that I didn't think that was valuable. I didn't think, I didn't see the importance of it. You know, I just went along with it, you know, to be respectful. I just continued to go along with it. But now, especially, you know, I have a daughter and I'm seeing how the things that she passed on to me are so relevant in my life today and and subconsciously how I'm instilling those same skills within my daughter so much so that I'm like, whoa, Okay, I sound like her. Let me scale it back a little bit. Um, so I would definitely want to have a conversation with her, just a show of gratitude and thanking her um, for showing me so much richness in my culture, so much pride. And my mom was very spiritual. Um, she was definitely a believer. And when she was, before she was transitioning, she was so adamant about how she wasn't afraid to transition. She wasn't afraid to let go. So much so it was like, okay, like you're, you're at this point, you sound crazy. 
But it was more so her faith and how she just had unshakable faith. So I would just thank her for, you know, what she taught me and instilled in me and how, you know, I understand now the way she thinks. So a lot of things she did was very much so unorthodox um, in a lot of ways that she did it. Like I would, I would be like, okay, mom, we could have that thing. I guess, theme that you were trying to instill, I could have still captured that theme if you would have done it another way, but I understand. So sometimes people can only give you what they have and you have to meet them where they are. And so it would definitely be a a conversation of gratitude. Do you think your parents, because of how they were raised, do you think therapy is something they will ever try or your mom's that's something she would ever have done going to therapy? not. No, it's just the culture and the the time frame that they were raised in, if you even mention anything about mental health, it will be deemed as, first of all, it's not something that um, Haitians of that time period would look at as something that is normal. It definitely is abnormal. They look at mental health more at, in a negative way. And um, it's not something that they would really want to talk about. I guess a lot of things um, are pushed under the rug. Well, they think it's pushed under the rug, but obviously it resurfaces because you can't only hide something for so long. It's definitely going to fester and it's going to seep out. But as far as mental health, uh, people, I think, of course, I'm making a general uh, assumption and it's not good to make assumptions. But from what I've experienced, people, Asians that are born in the 50s and lower Nah, they're not talking about mental health. Mental health, what? No, you better go suck it up and deal with it. We're we're a culture of resilience. We're a culture that can take it. So you cannot complain. You cannot shed a tear. You cannot, you know, dwell in it. Just suck it up and keep it mo- moving. Vulnerability. Why would you show vulnerability? Um, so I think oftentimes, too, um, we would look at things that are mental health, which is a whole nother topic, and deal with it in a manner where spiritual where oh my god maybe voodoo caused it or no we're gonna pray about it and it's gonna be okay no as opposed to god let's look at the root it is like no this person is bipolar or no this person is is experiencing some sort of psychosis or no we really need to look at this person's mental health so to answer your question nah i don't think my mom would ever go and say let me go ahead and let's let's go to therapy therapy what definitely no i got it i remember um first time we met uh you probably don't remember we were it was back what 94 93 94 yeah, that was 90, 93, I believe. Yeah, when you were to Haiti. Yeah, I was a baby, still in diapers at that time. You were not. I, yes, I was. You don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you remember from that trip? And then after that, I believe you you, you still visited Haiti multiple times after that. So what do you yeah. remember from that trip? And how how connected are you to the island? So that first trip, that was a terrible time for me to go. I was thinking, like, my mom was out of her mind. But that's the type of person she is. She is whole stubborn and what she's gonna do whatever she wants to do she's gonna do my dad specifically told her leave us alone let us be it is coup d'etat it is political unrest in haiti do not take my kids and go to haiti what does she do take his kids and go to haiti yes that's my mom 
But she was really um, pressed on showing us the ins and outs of Haiti to show us the culture. Because ever since we were younger, my mom, she would have little stories and, and like she was really on it. Like she gave, she got books from Haiti. She would teach us about um, different characters. I still remember some of them like um, Tibuki, Malis. Um, I still re- like the things that this lady instilled in us, like she was, she was an amazing mom. Like we would have French courses in the weekends and she would teach us the verb tenses. And she taught us about the food, the teas, the meats, like everything you could possibly think about. She had her hand in it and she was teaching us the culture. So she wanted us to actually get a feel for it and so that we can gain our own perspective and not just see it through her lens. And I was because when I first saw Haiti, first of all, let's talk about how the diaspora treated Haitians, especially in South Florida. There wasn't a time where um, it, it, Haitians weren't popular. Like the whole Haitian flag day, May 18th, no. Like that was not a thing in the 90s or the 80s and early 90s. No, it was not a thing. So what we're experiencing now with the whole inclusivity of the other cultures that that was unheard of so here my all, all I knew about Haiti was from my mom's lens and of course I'm like oh my god yes she's making it much bigger than what it is it's not what she's saying of course she's from there she's gonna paint a bigger picture of it bright beautiful colors and when we get there I know it's not gonna be that because when I'm watching Haiti in the lens of of the media in South Florida Haiti looks like a doll and I'm like I cannot I can't go there because they're I, in church they would trick the kids and tell them that they're going to a wedding and they will leave them in Haiti because they misbehaved, whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. Farewell to my friends. My mom is leaving us in Haiti. So we get there. Oh, and then not to mention on Channel 2, um, they would have these different documentaries of Haiti and it would just be the bad thing. Like, I'm like, what is this? So my mom, she didn't, she didn't care. Got our passport. We get on Eastern Airlines. Shout out to Eastern. Eastern doesn't exist anymore. We get on Eastern Airlines. We get to Port-au-Prince. I'm like, oh, okay, we're here. Oh, but wait, there's more. We get on in a taxi to drive from Port-au-Prince all the way to Gunaïf. And that's when I saw my life flash before my eyes. Because we went during coup d'etat, they would stop us at every port to rummage through our bag to see if we had extra money because we had to pay them in order for us to pass through. And I was like, what are we doing in this country? But not knowing that it's the time that we're in there. We're in, a, we're in there in a bad time. The timing wasn't right. So we thought. Then they go to fill up and they're like, oh, you got to be careful. I'm like, why are we being careful? Oh, because they're boiling the avocado leaves and they're putting it mixed with the gas. So you're thinking you're purchasing gas. But it's not gas. So by the time you get down the street, the car is going to break down. I was like, oh, my gosh, where's my dad? Where's my dad? But the crazy thing is, for such a terrible introduction, the remainder of the trip was amazing. From the beaches to the food. And I'm a foodie. The food was so amazingly good. Like, I I remember um, one of my dad's aunts asking us, she'll ask us, what do we want to eat? And I'm like, wait, what does she mean? What do we want to eat? Like, she's really asking us, what do we want to eat? Yeah, what do you want to eat? My brother and his greedy self. Oh, get old ma, lobster. I'm like, whoa. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, what? 
So we we just it was just amazing. So we got to meet family and and it just felt like home. Like that kindred spirit like really resonated. Everyone was so kind. I remember when we were, I think I think it was your house when there's a guy who had the mangoes and he kept coming by to get to give me mangoes and they were like, Don't get mangoes from him. It's not it's not safe. But the mangoes were like the best mangoes ever because I remember my mom taught us about the different types of mangoes. Um, I can go on and on about it. Like it was just an amazing experience. And I've been to Haiti after that as well. Um, But it wasn't the same because the people I saw the first time I went to Haiti when I went back, everybody was gone. I was like, oh, my gosh, none of the young people exist here. So when I went back again, it was with a friend and it was wait, wait. When you say gone, you got to be specific. They moved, they migrated to the U.S. or other country. The night, like oh yeah, they're still they, alive. Yeah, yeah they still, still alive physically, but they they yeah they've traveled to the U.S., migrated, um, and I believe some are in Canada and some. I even think some are in Chile or something. I think some are in Chile. I was like, wow. So yeah, so it. it Felt, felt a little awkward when I went back because I'm like, okay, where's this person and that person? It was just like, like just the older people that were left when I went back. And I haven't been back since the earthquake, I want to say. That was the last time I went. Labadee doesn't count. I've been to Labadee, but Labadee doesn't count. To me, Labadee is not Haiti because I have been to Labadee. But it's just, I know for a fact, like my dad, this is a funny thing. My dad goes very often and, but he also tells me too for the first time he he's, he repeatedly tells me no you're not going i'm like whoa okay this is different you're changing your verbiage but i really i have a it's it's a it's a conversation that's very difficult to have because you know i have i wasn't born there of course but i am so attached to it because my mom and dad they made no mistakes in instilling the culture in us but it's also difficult to just fathom the richness and the culture that they told us existed and then of course you see documentaries you see the pictures you see everything and then fast forward to today and the political unrest that is there now and it's like it's it's a it's mind-boggling because you try to figure out okay what can I do and then me when I start thinking about the different layers of things that can be done like but I can't do it alone I can't do it and then it just starts this whole cycle all over again where you feel hopeless and helpless um but hey what can but we do when one of the things that I've heard from other people were born here and when they visit visited Haiti for the first time is that they felt connected automatically. In other words, they felt like home. Did you feel that the first time you went? Absolutely. Yeah. I felt like everything that my mom was my mom, she's oh gosh. I guess I guess I get some of the my theatrics from her. Sometimes she can talk you into like making you feel like a rock, a regular rock that was not not a gem, not a stone, is a diamond. And so I'm like, hey, okay. she's embellishing because you know that that's her country, and, and she was born there, not not the island. I'm thinking, oh, you know, she wants to instill in us the greatness of it. So I'm like, all right, okay, mommy. But then when I actually got there, yeah, it does. It, it felt it it actually felt like, okay, I can see why she's so prideful. I can see why she ensured that we spoke Creole in the house and not English. I can see why she was very specific and meticulous 
and teaching us different things so much so that people thought or still think that we were born in Haiti. Um, I get it. I understand. Like she did a good job passing the torch. So I absolutely, it did have that Kendrick's spirit. It's very, very nostalgic. The hustling and bustle of the streets, the the sounds I can I can hear like I, one of the one of the stories I like to tell when I first went to Haiti I had no idea that the market was like this place of just theatrics it's like a show you have people yelling on they're selling different stuff and they're telling you Zico Zico and it's like whoa 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 okay so much is going on and I'm walking and I'm taking it all in I'm not looking at the floor and I bump this lady's milk she was boiling some milk and I tipped it over because my head was up. I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at fresh meat that's hanging from from the cords and they just killed them and they're they're ready for pur- purchasing. And I'm like, whoa, this is it was just mind boggling. I'm just taking it all in, taking it all in, not paying attention to the floor. When I tell you this lady lit me up, this lady was like, Cordell Sauté, Jasper, she's just going in. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So my mom is like pleading with her. Of course, if the milk was $40, that day it was 80. So my mom just gave her whatever so she can let me be. But even with that, like everything was just so I I know I know that um there's no place like home. Home is home. So yes, when I went there, it definitely felt like, oh my God, this is this is the other side. This is what I've been missing. So yeah. Home is home. So as we come to a close. If your life was a reality TV show, what would be the title? Oh, wow. I like reality TV shows. They're so fake. Um, oh, ooh, I don't know. Well, I do love food, so I guess it can be, oh, I don't know. Something dealing with your palate. So, yeah, my reality show would deal with something dealing with a palate. Taste buds, like your taste buds palate. There's different types of palates. Um, but dealing with your taste buds so i guess but see then that wouldn't be reality because then that will be staged because now i'm thinking about the food that's attached to certain things but i mean it would it would have to be i'm not telling people about my life my life is so private and personal so reality tv is not for me that is no i'm not big on letting people know my ins and out and what's going on i stuck I stuck at the whole social media reality beat. Ooh, I guess it will be null and void. I guess that'd be a great title. Null and void. Null and void but, it is. But but I do love food. So if it if there would be uh anything dealing with reality TV, something something pertaining to food. Definitely. Uh, are we coming to a close? Thank you so much for stopping by. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much for stopping by. However, you owe me a skydiving trip because oh. last time we were supposed to do it, somebody decided not to jump out the plane anymore last minute. So with that being said, when you can't finish like that. You can't finish like that. So I decided not to jump out the plane because you were the first person to know that I was with child. Well, no, the second, the third person to know that I was with child. Okay. It was me, her dad, and then you. So, yeah, now I have a beautiful 11-year-old daughter because I didn't jump out of the plane. Correct. So, yeah. But you I, still owe me that trip, though. Listen, I, I'm listen. waiting. So the story didn't help. The story didn't help. All right. So when we're going skydiving? Uh, before the year's over. God, before the year's year over. over. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you, we are on record. The audience will be holding you accountable. Uh, before the year is over, we'll be going skydiving. Yep, for well, sure. Well, because... 
for the record, you're my favorite cuz. Thank you so much for stopping by. I greatly appreciate it. We had a great oh, combo. Thank you. And I look forward for the next for the next episode for you to stop by. Yes, for sure, for sure. So thank you so much. You I hope you that and I like it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Are You Really Living podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us on social media. We would love to hear from you. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep growing. And most importantly, keep living your best life. Please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.